guys, it's me, Emma's Thing, and this is my podcast, That's What He Said. With over 12 years of blogging, writing, posting, and sharing under my belt, I've somehow grown a small audience who, for whatever reason, seem to really like me. This podcast is just another extension of my blog and will offer unimportant life updates, reviews on movies, books, shows, daily musings about life, in-passing commentary on current events, and of course, a lot of stories of my past, present, and future. Just try it out and see how you like it. That's what he said. Well, 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 we meet again. Hi, everyone. I have been gone off of the airwaves for going on two weeks now. And while it was a very lovely break, obviously, because I was on vacation, I wasn't gone for like any other reason. I'm very excited to be sitting back on the floor of my closet amongst my dirty laundry and too many pairs of shoes strewn about everywhere and talking at you guys. I hope that everyone has been super good and that wherever you are located, you are surviving the heat of summer. For today's episode, because it is a full trip recap of the 10-day summer vacation that Zach and I just got back from, that is going to take up the majority of this entire episode. So I'm going to move what I'm watching and reading up to the front because I want to get that covered first. And then I will go in to our entire trip recap. And then I'm going to end on an advice question. So gird your loins, make sure that you your water's full, or if you are listening to this and it's an appropriate time for a cocktail, refill your cocktail. Or if you are sipping on sparkling water like I am right now, which by the way, I know on my last episode, I talked about how I was drinking bubbly and how it's my absolute favorite sparkling water. And I went on and on about it. So I don't know, like I haven't had the time to look this up, even though it would take me 14 seconds. But ever since we got back, I have been to Target and I've been to Kroger to restock on bubbly because we are pretty much completely out and this household does not run as efficiently when there's no flavored sparkling water to be had. And at both locations, the bubbly has been completely sold out. Like the shelves, which it lived upon, are barren. Like there is not even one case. The The tags that, you know, uh, show you what what the product was is still there. So I know that bubbly was there, but I it, it's gone. And I don't know if it's just a coincidence or is there something going on with the company itself? Uh, has there been a recall on flavored sparkling water with bubbly? I don't know, but it's been very upsetting. And so in the interim, until I can figure out what the fuck is going on, I went to my second favorite, which is polar seltzer water. And I had never had it until I visited my sister in Chicago many, many visits ago. And she had the cranberry lime flavor. And it is really delightful and the perfect flavor combination for summer. So if you are into flavored sparkling water like this household is, and you haven't tried the polar seltzer cranberry lime, 
can't recommend it enough. Okay, so with that, let's get into the first segment of today's episode where I'm going to go over what I've been watching and reading. So I did that thing when you go on a long trip and you make sure that like whatever you want to watch is downloaded onto your iPad and you're set up and you're ready to go and you're going to be entertained no matter where you are, whether it be an airplane or a hotel or, you know, all of that. And we didn't pull the iPad out once during this trip, which is a good thing because that obviously means that we were busy, you know, doing stuff away from the screen. But I just like the irony of how much time I spent deciding what to download for us and then us not watching it was just too much. So as I'm sitting here recording this on Wednesday, everything that I'm about to tell you that we've watched we have watched since we got back Saturday. So Saturday night, we were back in Dallas and we realized that Hacks season two on HBO had premiered while we were gone. And so we fired that up. There's eight episodes and we literally watched five on Saturday. I mean, I think they're like 20 or 30 minute episodes. They go very quickly they might be 45. I don't know. Jesus. I really need to do my research before I sit in here and talk at you guys. Anyway, so started that Saturday and then we finished it Monday. And it's just such a, an amazing show. Like, I wish that they did more than eight episodes per season, but I get it. We loved it so much. It was even better than season one. And I just saw via Instagram that they've already been signed on for a season three. So that is lovely. And if you watched season two, then you probably feel like me where I'm like, where where is this going to go? This is very interesting kind of plot twist. Um, what is the season three focus going to be? And then Sunday night, we started the Anthony Bourdain documentary from 2021 called Roadrunner. And I don't know if my head was just up my ass last year or what, but I had no idea that this was even a thing that was made or came out or anything. And I was always a fan of Anthony Bourdain. I wouldn't say like die hard, but when I did catch his stuff on you know, the uh, CNN, I was about to say the Food Network. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Um, I loved it. And, uh, but I really didn't know his story, like from square one. And so we put on this documentary and it was so incredible. Like I have not seen a documentary that well done in a long time. It was just so detailed. The interviews that this uh, director was able to get were incredible. Everyone was so candid how they talked about him, how they talked about sort of his spiral down into the dark place he was in when he killed himself. They talk about the suicide, like all of these people. And it's just, it's very raw and it's intense. And it was really incredible to learn about his story, like where he started, how he came up and how you know, his fame just snowballed and all the everything in between. So if you have not watched that documentary yet, again, it's called Roadrunner and it's available on, oh God, what were we watching it on? Shit. 
I mean, it might have been on Netflix, but if it, if it wasn't on Netflix, I can guarantee you that it was on HBO because basically all we watch, the the only pr- like streaming programs that we have now are HBO, uh, Hulu, Netflix, and then Prime Video that just comes with your Amazon Prime subscription. So that was phenomenal. Um, definitely, you know, probably somewhat triggering um, with some of the the context but again it's just the way that the director told the story um while it's heavy and it's dark it's also pretty pretty amazing and then last night um we cannot figure out we just we have such a running list of shows that we want to watch that we need to watch it just feels like it's never ending and we barely ever make a dent um so last night we were just kind of like aimlessly scrolling and I decided to put on Somebody Somewhere, which is the dark comedy on HBO Max that stars comedian Bridget Everett. And, um, you know, it's it's pretty much about how her life falls apart and she is back in her hometown of Manhattan, Kansas, where, by the way, just a little trivia for you. That is where Case State is, University or Kansas State University. Um, and they make mention of Lawrence, Kansas, which is where University of Kansas is, KU, where I went. Um, and I will say that I only, I never went to Manhattan, Kansas. I drove through it one time on my way to Colorado, and that was enough for me. Um, it is a not super happy place. So we started that and it's pretty similar. Like the vibe is super similar to Amy Schumer's show that we had just watched the other month, um, Life After Beth. Um, And, but it's not grabbing us. It just feels a little more awkward and a little less well-written Um, and I I don't know. I don't know. Neither of us are super pumped about it. So I can't guarantee that we will actually finish it, but we started it. So that's something. As for what I'm reading, I finally, finally fucking finished the second book in the Akatar series, which is called A Court of Mist and Fury. It was a very long book, y'all. It was like 620 pages or somewhere right around there. I haven't read a book that long since I was reading the Harry Potter series. And it just took me a long time. I started, so I'm on Goodreads. And if you are and you're interested in following me, I don't really know why anyone would be interested in following me because it's not like I'm on there posting a bunch of stuff all the time. It's really just an app I use for myself to keep track of what I'm reading and want to read and how long it takes me to read fucking books. Um, But if you do, I mean, if you are like into Goodreads and want to find me on there, I'm pretty, I'm looking it up right now as I'm sitting here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that my name on there is just Emma's thing. Big surprise. So I basically started reading it toward the end of like the middle of April and I finished pretty much right smack dab in the middle of June. So it took me about two months, um, which I'm not super pumped about. Like I, 
I don't think that it should be taking me two months to read a book, but it's not about my reading speed. It's about just having time to fucking sit down and read. And obviously, life has been very busy. But anywho, I wasted absolutely no time and ordered the third book because I I finished uh, A Court of Mist and Fury on the beach in Charleston and we were leaving to go home the next day. So I was like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and Amazon Prime the third book to my house. So it's there by the time we get home. And I have already started that. I I haven't made a dent, but I just read the first few pages. So I don't feel like I get too far away from the plot. And, you know, I mean, it's like binge watching a a series or like watching a movie. It's like, I just don't want there to be too much of a pause. I just want to dive in and keep going and read the next episode. So I'm not going to give any spoilers. All I'll say for where I'm at right now in this sprawling series is I just, the fact that she's having to pretend is making me so fucking anxious. Like, I just don't understand how she's going to keep this up. I'm scared of her getting found out. And it just is making me so sick that she has to put on these airs and literally be lying through her teeth and acting a certain way. I mean, I know it's for the greater good and I know that she needs to do it and hopefully it'll all end up okay. But oh my God, it's like, I just want her to be out of the situation that she's in and back where she needs to be. And that is all I'm going to say about that. Okay. So without further ado, let's dive in to what have you even been doing? You guys know what I've been doing. I have been on a basically glorified road trip through the Southeast coast. And I'm going to go through every day of our trip as succinctly yet detailed as I can, because this is like my one chance to really get into it and tell you guys everything that we experienced in the 10 days that we were on the road. So our first stop was in Miami, which I had never been to before. And it's funny because I had never been there, but the way that we did Miami, it's pretty much like I still have never been there because we stayed at a very bougie, very amazing hotel called The Edition that is literally right on South Beach in Miami. And the only time that we ever left the hotel was to walk down the street to another bougie hotel that had an amazing restaurant in it and have dinner there. Other than that, we did not drive our rental car around anywhere. We... I mean, I didn't see any of Miami itself, and I'm okay with that. I'm really okay with that. There will be opportunities to go back, and we did... We did this on purpose because we wanted to really ease into the trip. I can't remember if I mentioned this last episode, but the whole reason that this trip came about is because Zach's mom's side of the family, they all still live in Florida and they all live in the West Palm Beach area. And his mom had basically said several months ago that Um, she really wanted me to meet her side of the family, like her sisters and her nieces and nephews and the grandkids and, and all, all of her family before the wedding, because she didn't want the first time that, um, any of them meet me to be 
at the wedding when it's already going to be such a busy weekend. I'm going to be so distracted. And I was like, that's an amazing idea. Let's do that for sure. And so originally this trip was just going to be me and Zach flying into West Palm for a very short weekend in June so I could meet everybody. And then Zach was like, you know what? That's so close to my 40th birthday. And you haven't been to Savannah and Charleston. And I've always wanted to just kind of show you the area in Florida where I had my first job and where I worked for a super long time. So let's make this into an extended trip and kind of do like we can drive up the coast and end up in Charleston. And I never did anything like that. And I was like, that sounds amazing. So we wanted to start in Miami um, to, like I said, ease our way into the trip. So it was a very luxurious stay. It felt like a true adult vacation before we had to pack up and then head to West Palm for all the family time and then all of our stops after that. So again, the place we stayed in Miami was called the Edition Hotel. It is absolutely stunning. And something really fucking cool about it is that it was one of Zach's projects at his first job out of college that was located in Florida. And I don't know if everyone's super familiar with this or not, but he is a landscape architect, or as we like to say, an environmental architect. And this hotel his team worked on. And so that was just so amazing because he was able to take me around the grounds and show me all of the landscape and hardscape he had worked on. And he at one point was like, do these tiles, like these stone tiles, do they look familiar? And I couldn't place them and then realized, oh my God, wait, these are the stone tiles that we have in our bathroom. And he was like, yeah, this is where I got the idea for them. Like I, you know, I put them in here at the hotel and I was like, I want those in my actual bathroom at home. And it was just awesome, guys. It was so cool to see, to be staying in something that he worked on and that was his vision. And it was so beautiful, obviously. They also have their own, the the addition has their own scent with Le Labo. And Le Labo is a very expensive Parisian fragrances. And Zach became completely obsessed with it. And he wants that to be his scent. And it's like it hits you in the face every time you walk in the door and it's throughout the entire hotel. It's amazing. So that scent and a free glass of champagne upon check-in is how I was greeted in Miami. And I was like, holy shit, I don't think I've ever stayed somewhere this nice. And I definitely have never been offered you know, free champagne when I'm checking in somewhere. So this is amazing. So we got there sort of in the afternoon, like the late afternoon. So we threw our suits on right away and we went to the pool bar and we got pina coladas. And then we went down to the beach and got more pina coladas and just laid on chairs under the umbrella. Um, Not for a super long time because again, it was later afternoon. And then we had dinner on site at the hotel because their restaurant there is called the Matador Room. And it is from the creative mind of Chef Jean-Georges, who is a Michelin-starred chef. So we got all dolled up to walk downstairs to a dinner reservation. And we sat out on the terrace, which was such an amazing 
idea on our part to not sit inside because the terrace at this hotel is just so stunning. Just plant life everywhere. It's so fucking picturesque for South Florida. And it was a perfect night weather-wise, just so gorgeous. I don't even remember all the stuff that we had. I, I don't even think I was taking pictures of the food because we were just so hungry and so happy and not on our phones, which is obviously always a really great thing. What I can tell you is that we had an amazing bottle of wine. And also the chocolate molten lava cake that they served for dessert was <laughs> you like, y'all, I've had chocolate cake before. I've had chocolate lava cake before, and it's always amazing. But there was something in this fucking chocolate lava cake that rendered Zach and I speechless. Like it was one of those bites of food that you take and you literally like your mind cannot compute what is going on in your mouth. We both went somewhere else. Like we were not speaking when we ate the dessert. I'm pretty sure there were a few moans at a couple of points. It was like seeing God eating that fucking cake. And of course, before it was even done, I was like, babe, we have to get another one of these before we leave. Like, I know we have another dinner tomorrow night, but let's not eat dessert wherever that is and come back here and get this fucking cake. Like, I have to have this fucking cake again. Um, so that was our first day. And then the second day, we had breakfast downstairs um, on site as well because they have an incredible... Uh, breakfast and lunch spot also within the edition hotel and it is also developed by jean georges so just like a lot of amazing brunch dishes of really good pastries they had like a charcuterie charcuterie how do you say that board of the day so that's how we started the morning and then we had signed up very sporadically the day before for um, a couple's massage because they have a spa on site. And, you know, looking back now and in talking to people, we realize that the move in Florida during the summer, especially when you're staying at a beautiful like beach hotel like addition, is to wake up early, go to the pool and beach. And then by noon, because it pretty much always thunderstorms and rains in the afternoons in South Florida during the summer, that's when you want to go to the spa and, you know, indulge in that way. We did it backwards, but you know what? It's whatever. It all turned out okay. So we had this couple's massage and it was absolutely incredible. And I had someone write me on Instagram and was like, can you explain like why people are so, so obsessed with couple massages? Like what's so great about it. And I was like, you know, I don't really have an answer for that. I mean, it's not like you're massaging each other. It's not like a weird sexual thing where like you're learning how to massage each other and you're like touching each other. It's really just the act of relaxing together and being in the same room in the same space, knowing that they're in there, you feel their energy, you know that they are getting something done to them that they deserve and is going to completely relax them and same with you. It's just a shared experience really when it comes down to it. So we each got a deep tissue massage and I told the dude who was doing mine that my hips are just always so tight 
and it's kind of painful. And he was like, oh, okay. So like we can do some deep stretching. And I was like, yeah, have at it, bro. And it, it was one of the best massages of my entire life. I wish that I could get stretched out like that every single day. And I know that I could attempt to do it on my own and like work more yoga into my exercise routines and my just like well-being routine, but I'm lazy and it's really nice to have someone facilitating it. The way that this dude stretched me, I've never been stretched like that before and it felt so fucking good. And he also gave me homework to do after because he said, well, I will say he did tell me that I have very healthy hamstrings. I am not 100% sure what he meant by that. I feel like, you know, they're strong. Like they are muscly and they're strong and they're and they're a force. Um, but he said that my hips were insanely tight. So he gave me a couple moves to do like every time that I work out basically just some really deep stretches. So that was great. And Zach said it was the best massage he's ever had in his entire life. So once we were done with those, we rushed back up to the room and we threw our swimsuits on and got out on the beach and we're all set up for maybe 30 minutes. And this massive fucking storm cloud started rolling in and then we heard thunder. And then we kind of saw people on the beach, not panicking, but it's like, you know, the guys who were setting out like the chairs and umbrellas for us were like, um, we're going to go ahead and take these up because it's definitely going to storm. And, you know, we got we got under a roof just in time and it really did. It was like a torrential downpour and it was not letting up. It didn't let up for pretty much the entire day. So our afternoon with the pool and the beach was shot. But you know what? We were staying at a gorgeous hotel. We made the most of it. We ended up just drinking and getting pretty freaking tipsy and making stupid videos together. And it was still a blast. And then it was dinner time. So we got cleaned up. And like I said, we walked down the street to this other hotel because there was this Asian fusion restaurant called Pow that Zach had read about and really wanted to try. And he had made the reservation weeks in advance of this trip. Pow was so delicious. The interior is just so beautiful. And Zach was pointing out to me that it's like that in the addition too. It's like, although they renovated and updated these, these buildings, they still kept so much of the original integrity. And so you still get these like really high ceilings and this ornate decor that's, you know, built into the walls and just makes it really special. At POW, we had the most incredible fresh, fresh, sorry, sushi hand rolls. Oh my God. I did not realize up until recently that I think my favorite way to consume sushi is via a hand roll. Like there's just nothing that beats that for me. It's just absolutely mouth-watering, incredible, and I could eat that every single night for dinner, honestly. So we had this really wonderful meal, this really rich meal, and we walked back to our hotel. And um, so I guess in Miami, when it's like a nicer hotel, a lot of them have clubs in the basement of the hotels that are like premier clubs that resident, like local Miami residents 
come to for a night out. The only thing is that we were staying at the we were staying at this hotel like Wednesday and Thursday night, which are not obviously really big going out nights. But regardless, we were like, well, we have to go down to this basement bar and just just check it out. Just like see what's going on. And if we can get weird before, you know, we leave and head out to our next destination tomorrow. So we went downstairs and it was super shitty timing because the hotel was hosting some sort of conference that weekend or like maybe they were hosting it like through like midweek through the weekend but the actual like bar club part of this basement situation was closed off because they're having a private party so that kind of sucked but they also have bowling alleys and those were open and people were like bowling and then this is just I feel like this is just like so Miami they had a mini ice skating rink downstairs like legitimately where you could rent ice skates and get on the ice and Zach was like do you want to do it and I was like yes we have to I literally haven't ice skated since I lived in Connecticut which was legitimately when I was eight years old so this is going to be really interesting and I am in a dress so it's probably going to end poorly but like this is so like YOLO and we have to do it. So we walk over to the counter to, you know, talk to the guy and get set up with skates and my stomach drops. And I'm just now realizing that I thought I only had one horrible bathroom incident throughout this vacation, but I actually had two. And the first one was in Miami. And I go to the bathroom and please remember that we are in the basement of a hotel so I once I'm in the bathroom I have no reception and Zach still doesn't have an iPhone (laughs) which I really can't talk about so the way that we text is via this app called signal because it's much more immediate than sms texting with the green text box so that is what how we communicate but when I get into this bathroom stall I don't have any service. The only thing that's working for me is iMessage, which does nothing because my partner doesn't have a fucking iPhone. So I'm having a really bad time in the bathroom. Like all of the richness of what we ate for dinner is is rearing its ugly fucking head, kind of to the point where like I'm making noises, like I'm in pain and it's not stopping. And so I'm like trying to text Zach on signal, but it's not going through. So I (laughs) was thinking on my feet and I texted my sister and I was like, hey, um, so like I am uh, shitting my brains out in the basement of this hotel and I can't reach Zach and I need him to know like what's going on. So can you text him? Because obviously you're at home in Chicago and you have service. So she texted him and and (laughs) I'm pretty sure that I saved the screenshots, (laughs) y'all. But literally, like, I was having my sister text my fiance and be like, hey, like, Emma's shitting her pants. (laughs) Um, So somehow, like, I guess somehow my, our phones, like, find each other through the the waves. (laughs) Sorry, I can't. 
I'm having a hard time getting through this. And the the text that I get from Zach is, what did he say? He said, oh shit, I have skates on. So like he, when I went to the bathroom, neither of us knew that this was going to happen. So as soon as I went to the bathroom, like he got his ice skates and he's like on the fucking ice skating around while my butthole is falling out. It was, oh my God, y'all, it was so funny and I, I, everything was okay. Like I dealt with it and I got out of the bathroom and Zach and I found each other and he was like, I was literally on the ice and I was, I was so upset because what happened was very intense, but it was very short lived and I wanted to go out. Like I wanted to go ice skating. And of course, once I was out, the fucking guy at the counter was nowhere to be seen. Like we walked around the entire basement facility trying to find him because we wanted to go out and ice skate, couldn't find him. And Zach was like, honestly, I really think it's for the best because I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. And as soon as I got out on the ice, the way that I was wobbling, it wasn't going to end well. And I know that you would have been the same and we would have hurt ourselves and maybe fucked up this entire trip. So I guess it worked out how I was supposed to, but I'm still very sad that my body and my digestive system for forsook me, forsaked me, and I wasn't able to fucking ice skate in Miami at our hotel. So our last morning in Miami, we decided to opt for not like a super late checkout, but literally just like instead of checking out at 11, we checked out at 1230. And we got up really early and we got down to the pool immediately. And it was such a beautiful morning, like a storm had never happened. And we spent the last few hours of our time in Miami at the pool. And then we we went down to the beach right before we needed to go upstairs and like pack up and head out. And I just, I love the ocean so much, you guys. Like I've always thought that I was a cold weather mountain girl. And while I fucking love that, just as much. There's something about a beach setting and being in the ocean that is so therapeutic for me, so calming. I never felt more at peace than when I'm literally standing in the ocean with the sun beating down and sand under my feet. Like there's just nothing like it for me. And so we ended by going out to the ocean and there was this massive sandbar so we could walk out really far and still basically only have water up to like our calves or like knees. And we got some really fun pictures out there and it was just so amazing. And then we packed up and got on the road for West Palm Beach. But before we went all the way there, we actually made a stop in Fort Lauderdale because that is where Zach's first job out of college was located. And so he wanted to drive me by the office where he lived out some of his most formative years. And also I got to meet one of his friends from that time. Like he has all of these friends from that time who were all transplants in Florida as well, but they were just all landscape architects. And they became this really close knit group when they were like, you know, 26, 27, 28. And now they're all spread out and like never get to see each other. But all of those friends are coming to our wedding. And so it was really cool because we were able to sort of it was almost like a a tour of 
like them meeting me and me getting to meet them. So we met one of his friends for a beer and he was awesome. It was so, so good to meet him. And then we grabbed lunch at this place that Zach like always used to get lunch and dinner at when he lived in Fort Lauderdale. And it was like right off of a dock on the water. So very, very Florida lunch experience, if you will. And then we made our way to West Palm. And as soon as we got there, I mean, we checked into our hotel and then went over to his aunt's house. And it it, it was like three girl cousins, all of their spouses, their kids, there were dogs, there, uh, his mom was there. And then Zach's sister and her daughter, who will be my niece, flew in to be there as well. And so it was just so much family time and the best way ever getting to meet everyone and hear stories and look at pictures and Katie his sister she brought a bottle of champagne for me to savor because she knew that I had never done that and kind of wanted to like start off our weekend in West Palm with a bang and we sure did because I fucking sliced the shit out of that motherfucker I did not mean to that was not the plan but my first attempt, it wasn't working. And so they were telling me to, you know, like go at it harder. And I did. And literally like I cracked the bottle in half. So kind of a waste of champagne, but it was, it was fine. And then on our first full day in West Palm. So now we're on day four of the trip. We did a family beach day and it was pretty short lived because like if if we thought that the thunderstorm in Miami was intense, oh my god. This thunderstorm that rolled in to West Palm the day that we were at the beach was insanity. Like it I would say that it came out of nowhere, but as I learned being in Florida, that's not like you have to expect it, but it was literally sheets of rain. Like to the point where you could barely see in front of you and everyone on the beach all of us were caught in it and it was like a madhouse trying to gather everything up and get to the cars and Zach (laughs) because he's like the young capable you know little brother little cousin whatever he always gets stuck doing like the most heavy duty stuff. And he's like, you know what? I accept it. This is my role. I'm used to it. It's just like how it is. But I just have this visual of him like shirtless, just with his swim trunks on, no shoes because no one knew like who grabbed what from the beach. We were just trying to like get everything and get the fuck out of there. And he's carrying like the heaviest raft, the heaviest bags, all this stuff. He's completely soaked. Oh my God. It was just a scene. And we went back to his aunt's house and sort of waited for the rain to pass and got in the pool once it did. And what's really awesome is that one of the cousin's husbands has a boat and he's a big time fisher and he caught two tunas that day. And so for dinner, we had that tuna. And I mean, just being in the Southeast on the Southeast coast has ruined me for seafood. Like there is just nothing there. I've never, ever tasted tuna like that ever. It was so perfectly cooked. And obviously knowing that it had been caught 
literally hours earlier made it an even cooler experience. It was just so incredible. And then the next day, just more family time, hanging at the house. We got to go see his uncle's dark room. He's very into photography and he always has been. And he has been collecting the most insane pieces and gadgets and cameras and enlargers and all of this stuff for years. It was so, so amazing. Like, I just, if I live there, I'd probably, you know, invite myself to hang out with him all the time and learn the the ins and outs, because I don't know if you guys know this, but I did take photography in college. I only took it my freshman year. It might have been my sophomore year. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But it was like legit photography, like shooting with like an analog camera, like a manual camera that you have to adjust and then um, developing the negatives in a dark room. It's very, very hard shit. So so we did that and then we were on the road to Orlando. Now, I haven't been to Orlando again since I was of single digit age. Um, and I posted something on the way there that was like, is there anywhere to eat dinner in, Ar- in Orlando? <laughs> and a few of you guys um, understood my tone because Orlando is not a fucking destination city. I'm sorry. I mean, let me take that back. It is a destination city literally for theme parks. That is it. Outside of it, it's just a bunch of chain restaurants and like really upsetting massive stores that are all uh, marketing, you know, five t-shirts for like $6. And I'm like, what even t-shirts are you talking about? What Should I be excited about this? Um, the whole layout of everything is just so crowded and congested and not just not the vibe. However, I will say that the hotel that we stayed in there was surprisingly f- good. Um, and we had booked it via Airbnb, which was really weird because it's like a legitimate hotel. It's like, I think it's called Delta Hotels or something like that. Um, but we had booked it through Airbnb. And, you know, from pictures, it was weird because I was like, this literally looks like, you know, uh, like a, a Hampton Inn or like a Hyatt. I don't know why it's on Airbnb, but okay. And um, it was just like a lot nicer than I thought it was going to be. Um, Perfect location was like 15 minutes from the park. So, you know, our Orlando time was completely focused on going to Universal Studios and more specifically Harry Potter World. Um, But when we got in that first night, I had had a couple people mention this pizza place in Winter Park, which is like literally... Uh, right outside of Orlando. So we basically checked into our hotel and changed for dinner and drove to Winter Park to this pizza place. And oh my God, Winter Park is so fucking cute. It's so cute. Just so quaint. Such a great little area. Such a great suburb. Everything's really pretty. It was bustling. There were so many people. They had this great, like the actual park (laughs) itself was really well laid out. Zach approved. And the pizza place that we went, Prado, was delicious. Can't recommend it enough. If you are going to the Orlando area for a uh, 
amusement park situation, it's definitely worth it to drive a little outside of Orlando proper and check out Winter Park. We also got some ice cream at the famous Kilwins. That was delicious. And we got to bed early because the next day was our day at Universal Studios. And we got up. The park opened at 9. We were literally parking in the parking lot at 9.06. And we just went for it, you guys. We just fucking went for it. And it was one of the most fun days of my life. And obviously, one of the most fun, best days of our relationship. Like, you know, I I don't want to get like corny, but I just will say that a massive takeaway from all this time away together is it it just made me feel even stronger about Zach and I and what we're uh, capable of accomplishing together and our compatibility. It was just so magical, like literally romping around the park as, you know, middle-aged adults and best friends. We really made the most most of it. We really went for it. We decided since we only had that one day that we were going to stay as close to closing time as possible. And that's exactly what we did. We started out getting in line immediately for Hagrid's motorbike roller coaster ride because we'd heard so much about it and how amazing it was. And also, even though I brought, I mean, I bought express passes, which means you basically get to like skip the main line. The Hagrid motorbike ride didn't allow express passes, of course. So that was how we started our day in the park. We waited in line for uh, probably like an hour and a half. And it was just, I don't know. I, I just was like, this is just so funny that we're standing here for as long as we are to ride a maybe three minute roller coaster, but probably under three minutes. But you know, I guess that's just the thrill of all thrill of it all and what you know you're signing up for. Um, so we did that. We explored Harry Potter World. I got a frozen butter beer. It was absolutely fucking delicious. Not too sweet. I feel like a lot of people were, were saying that it's like too sweet and like cloyingly sweet. I did not feel that way. We actually ended up getting two throughout the day and splitting them and just like sucking them down. They were so good. Um, and we did every roller coaster that we possibly could. We did the Hulk roller coaster, this other one called like Rocket something. I don't know, but you guys, it was so unassuming. And it's like one of their more like established roller coasters there. Like it's been around for a long time. It was the scariest fucking ride I've ever been on. Like the intensity of it. It's like you get in, you you know, you get like not buckled or strapped in. You get like fucking held in by these like anchors and you're just slowly making your way up to the front. And then suddenly you are completely vertical, like the way that they get you to climb to the top to like make the first drop on this roller coaster, you are literally on your back looking at the sky. And it was the scariest fucking feeling. Like I was freaking out. And I think that like, 
I'm validated in 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 my intensity about this because it was the only roller coaster that we were on that records you during the ride. Like all of the roller coasters have a point within the ride where they snap your picture to like see what's going on with your face. And you can, you know, they sell the picture after for like $20 and you can buy or whatever. This one did a picture, but it also literally has like lipstick cameras set up in your row. So you can watch yourself experience the roller coaster. And we had we had to get the DVD and they sell it on DVD, by the way, which is really funny. Like who does DVDs anymore? But um, we we had to get it and we have it. We have not watched it yet. We do have a DVD player, but we saw a preview of it without sound. (laughs) And I'm not shitting you literally the whole time that like we are vertical going up. I'm just saying, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. And then I start like bargaining with myself and I switch to, okay, 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 okay. And we get to the top and drop. (laughs) Oh my God. It was just the most fucking intense thing. Like I, I mean, my voice was completely shot after our day in this park because I could not stop screaming bloody fucking murder. Um, and then we ended the day going on the new Jurassic Park roller coaster ride called Vel- uh, Coaster, right? Velociraptor, yeah, Velocicoaster. Um, and so that was that was like a very like Florida. See, it's like every single day something would happen with rain that kind of like fucked up our day. So like we were going along and it was fine. And this was the last ride for us. And we were so close. We were so close to like the front of the line and getting to go on the roller coaster. And then they come over the PA system and they're like, due to inclement weather, we like we're stopping the ride, like not forever, but like we're pausing it and waiting for it to pass. And so suddenly you're like, best friends with all these strangers in line with you because you're just like sitting there wondering like how long you're going to be sitting there and complaining and commiserating and I would say that I would say that we were like the ride was paused for like a good 20 20 to 30 minutes um and then they and then they fired it back up and what's so amazing about the Velocicoaster (laughs) just saying that makes me laugh is you can request to be in the front row, which that doesn't happen. I I hadn't seen that throughout the day, Um, but you can request to be in the front row and, you know, you just have to kind of wait a couple rounds um, so you can do that. So that's what we did. And it was, honest to God, one of the best decisions I think that we've ever made. I think that we'll ever make um, it is a story that we will tell our children. I've never experienced anything like that. Like the last roller coaster I was talking about was really scary. This was so awesome. I honestly really didn't know what a roller coaster junkie I was until this trip. But wow, I am obsessed with them. And this is the most incredible one I've ever been on. The speed of this ride is insane. The acceleration is insane. And like all of the twists and turns, like you are going so 
fucking fast that pretty much like your butt is lifted up off the seat most of the time. Like you're floating because like your body can't keep up with the speed. And at one point you're completely upside down over the water, like pretty low to the water. Like uh, it's, it's amazing. You guys, it's amazing. Like if you were into roller coasters, I just find a way to go and do the VelociCoaster because you will not regret it. It was the perfect, perfect fucking way to end our day at the park. And we left at around like eight o'clock at night and we found some like Tex-Mex place that again was kind of like outside of Orlando proper. And it was pretty good. Like what wasn't anything incredible, but it's just exactly what we needed after being out in the sun all day. And we got back to the room and showered and passed the fuck out. So where are we now? We are on day seven of this trip. And on day seven, we packed up our shit in Orlando and got on the road to Savannah. But before we got to Savannah, we made another uh, friend stop, one of Zach's friends, um, who lives in Jacksonville, Florida. And we had lunch with them. And it was this very cute couple I got to meet. And they are also coming to the wedding. And they were so excited. And it was so nice to, um, it was so nice to have that time. So after lunch, we finished our very quick trip to Savannah. And when I tell you guys, as soon as we pulled in to Savannah, I just got this feeling. I got this feeling in my chest and in my gut and in my soul that I wanted to be there. It was very overwhelming. And we checked into our hotel, which was the Perry Lane Hotel, which is right off of Perry Lane in Savannah, if you can believe it. And um, it's another Marriott Bonvoy hotel, which I should have said this many, many minutes ago, but in Miami, um, the addition hotel is also part of Marriott. So I'm starting to realize, like, I think I just really love anything within the Marriott hotel, uh, offering of hotels. And we got a room upgrade. I don't know why, but we did. And I mean, like it wasn't our decision. Like the woman who was checking us in just, gave us a room upgrade to the like a corner suite basically and it was i think it was my favorite hotel that we stayed in like the hotel room i should say the addition was incredible like the hotel itself um our room was good like it was fine the setup and layout of our hotel room at Perry Lane was just amazing. I just loved it so much. I was so obsessed with it. The bathroom was amazing. The shower. Oh my God. The shower was amazing. Um, so when we got to Savannah, it was, again, it was like kind of later in the afternoon. So we didn't have much time to explore. I want to say like, maybe we did like a quick walk around the block and I had been texting incessantly with my friend, Sarah, who I used to work with at reward style a couple of years ago and um she she moved to savannah um within the past two years and she is so cool and so multifaceted and 
really into art and the music scene and everything creative. So she had been basically like giving Zach and I and oh my God, I cannot talk an itinerary for the Savannah trip. And I just like I know her vibe and her style. And so I knew to just trust everything she was telling us. So for our first night in Savannah, we started the evening by going to this really cool bar called Alley Cat Lounge. And it's literally like you walk down an alley to go in the the back entrance of this place. And it's down in a basement. And it was just so funky. It the vibe was awesome. And for menus, the menus look like newspapers and just the way that they were put together was just so fucking creative and so thoughtful and really interesting to look at. And they do not take their cocktails lightly. So everything just sounded so like artisanal and very impressive. And I wish that we had timed it out better because, um, we only had time for one cocktail there and like we had to basically slam that cocktail really fast because it was going to be cutting it really close for our dinner reservation but regardless I'm just so glad that we went there and we noticed right away and this continued to be a theme throughout Savannah everyone was so fucking nice everyone was so friendly and there's lots of transplants there like tons Every single person that we came into contact with was just so ready to have a conversation and not like a bullshit small talk conversation, but like a legitimate conversation, a a rally back and forth that both sides were engaged in. And it was just so cool. In fact, we ended up sitting at the bar um, next to this girl who kind of started talking to Zach and I and we told her where we were going for dinner and she was like oh one of my friends should be working tonight I'm gonna text them and tell them that I just met this really cute couple who's coming over and to you know give you guys some like free oysters or something um so like right away that is the impression that we got from Savannah and so we went to dinner to this incredible restaurant that was literally inside of a old Victorian home The restaurant is called Common Thread, and we got seated on, like, the second floor, and no one else got seated in our area, so it kind of felt like a private dinner, and I just, like, had this moment with Zach. I was like, everything in my body is like, it wants to be here. Like, I can see us in Savannah. I feel like there's some sort of magic in this city that is like pulsing through my veins right now and I'm just so over the moon to be here right now and I don't want to leave it was just one of those like soul feelings is what Zach was calling it and we proceeded to have an incredible meal every dish was better than the last and instead of giving us free oysters the friend that that girl had texted gave us this appetizer of like roasted sweet potatoes that were like doused in like a chili adobo seasoning and had like a fresno chili sauce and everything was just so incredible you guys like if you go to savannah go to common thread especially if you are into fine dining and a true like very like high quality um 
culinary experience. We didn't do anything after dinner because we were so full and just so satiated and ready to go back to our amazing hotel room and like actually enjoy it. So the next day was our full day in Savannah and we got up and we walked around a little bit in the morning and it was already so brutally hot. Like that is something that I will say for the Southeast coast during the summer. Oh my God. Like the heat here in Dallas is bad. It's really bad, but it's dry, drier on the Southeast coast. It's the wettest fucking heat. So like there's no, you get no respite from the heat on on the southeast coast you're just literally constantly drenched in sweat like i just gave up like i I didn't wear makeup at all during the day in savannah or in charleston because i was like what is the fucking point like i'm gonna walk outside for five minutes and it's gonna be dripping off my face it's just it it kind of just made me feel like i was constantly getting in and out of a pool while we were there so like yeah like the summers there like living there wouldn't be amazing but you know the general quality of life i think would completely make up for the very painstakingly hot summers so we walked around and then we met sarah my friend at her house which was absolutely incredible i just all of the color all of the personality like our our vibes are very similar with our homes. Hers is way funkier and um, better <laughs> in terms of decor and like all the things that she's collected. But um, it was just so amazing to see her space and everything that they've already done so far. And then she took us to lunch at this um, restaurant on the water called Wild. That's W-Y-L-D. And we just ordered a bunch of food to share all of it was incredible but we just sat on the dock on the water under you know an umbrella eating food and sweating so profusely like I looked at Zach a few times and I was like I just hope he's okay like I know he's gonna be a good sport and he's like in deep conversation with Sarah right now but Literally, I was just actively watching sweat beads uh, roll down his neck at a, a alarmingly fast rate. Like that is just how intense the heat was. Um, so we had we had lunch and it was so amazing. And then Sarah dropped us off in this part of Savannah called Starland. Starland, and I think that they have like a, if you're from Dallas, it's kind of like a, a Starland Yard is like a truck yard situation. So like they have food trucks and stuff uh, coming in and out and it's like a very social gathering place it wasn't open yet but the reason that she dropped us in that area is because she really wanted me to go into this really cool little shop that not only has delicious ice cream that you literally like you can get a cone of ice cream and like walk throughout the store and shop and eat your ice cream and then like go up to the register when you're done and buy all the things that you found because you're sure to find stuff because this place is it's just so cool it was like just again I I feel like I keep saying my vibe but it was so my vibe I found an amazing tie-dye t-shirt at this place it's like the quintessential tie-dye t-shirt it's perfect I like the actual tie-dye itself the colors 
the softness of the t-shirt, the fit of the t-shirt. I actually got a couple of DMs from people being like, what the fuck is that shirt? And I'm like, I know I got it at this boutique in Savannah. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just really happy that I was there when I was and I grabbed it. I also got a pair of really cute sunglasses that you guys have been asking me about um, uh, on Instagram. And I got a really fun pair of cherry earrings for the summer that I have not showcased yet, but keep your eyes out for those. And we walked around a little bit more, but seriously, it was so brutally hot outside that we decided to head back to the Perry Lane Hotel and take advantage of the rooftop pool. So we spent the last few hours of the afternoon literally just like bathing in the pool, more or less. And then it was time for drinks and dinner. So we got drinks at this amazing bar that several people had thrown out to me, including Sarah, called Artillery Bar. And they, in some spots at the bar, like depending on where you're seated, they legitimately have a push for champagne button. So like if you're ready to order another drink, you push the champagne button and a server comes and takes your order. Um, We were not seated where those were, which was fine. We got incredible drinks. Like their drinks are just, again, it's like Savannah does not, their bar scene does not fuck around with cocktails like they know what they're doing and they're very intricate and complex and we'll get you fucked up so we had one drink there and like some bar snacks and then we ordered a second one but we were again cutting it really close to our dinner reservation so it was kind of sad because they poured these gorgeous drinks into you know to-go cups for us, Um, but at least we were still able to enjoy them. So we walked to dinner. It was like a 15-minute walk and sipped in our second drinks. And if you follow me on Instagram, which I'm assuming at this point that you do, you know the saga of this dinner. So we went to this restaurant in Savannah. It's like the premier restaurant, the place to be right now in Savannah called The Gray. And the head chef's name is Mashama Bailey, and she has won two James Beard Awards. And actually, the second one that she won literally happened like the day before we got to Savannah or maybe like the day of. This is just like it's like the hottest table to get reserved right now. Um, And it's very cool. It's literally located within an old Greyhound bus station terminal. Um, And Mashama has a Greyhound dog. And so it's all very like personal and tied into each other. And there's just been a lot of thought put behind the whole presentation of it and everything. So Zach made this reservation like a month and a half or maybe like, I think maybe you can only make them up to like a month ahead of when you're going to be there. So he made it a month ago. And there's just been so much hype and we were pumped. Now, the reservation was at 930 at night, which that's not ideal ever. Um, But especially like the older you get, like when you're in your mid 30s or like close to 40, the later the later dinner times just don't sit right. And it it's harder. It's harder to like even last up until the point of actually making your way to the dinner that late into the night because it's basically like 
9.30 to me is midnight. So, but that was no never mind. It was the only reservation time we could get. So we took it, obviously. And we were seated at a really shitty table. Again, no one's fault. It's just kind of how the chips fell. Um, But it was like this really tiny two-top that was basically in this sea of uh, booths and four tops and kind of like the location was just really shitty, like a very, very easily forgettable table. And our server, we it took a while for us to get a server, like, and by a while, I mean, you know, like five to 10 minutes. And he came and we gave him our drink order and we also gave him an appetizer order. And um, he left and our appetizers actually came out before our drinks did. But like literally our drinks were nowhere in sight. So we'd actually finished our appetizers before we ever got drinks. And our server came back over to ask how uh, the drinks had been or how the appetizers were or something. And oh, no, 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 no he came back over once the appetizers had been cleared. Like he literally hadn't come back over since he took our order initially. And he came back over and he was like, okay, well, those appetizers should be out any second. And Zach was like, oh, they, they've already like come and gone. We actually still haven't gotten our drinks. So it had been like probably like a half hour. And the waiter, you could see in his face, he was like, oh fuck. Like he definitely forgot to put the drinks in. And so we saw him like run over to the bar and he like stood there and waited while they made our drinks and then dropped them off. Um, and then he came back after like a second to get our entree order, which we put in with him. And then we never saw him again. We literally never saw our waiter again after he took our entree order, but he had our entire section. And so the whole night, we were watching him interact with every single table but ours, like having full on conversations, like really leaning in, helping them decide on stuff, checking in on them. That was not the case with us at all. Like everyone who dropped our food was a food runner and we got our first dishes and then we got the because the way that they work is you have to do three courses for $75, which I did not know that. Um, I thought you could just do like piecemeal. That's not the, that's not how they operate. So we had three courses to wait on and we got our first and we got our second and they were good. Um, Zach like really loved the stuff that he was getting. I was like, this is fine. Um, because they like Zach really into like pate and weird gamey shit like that I do not like that stuff at all so my dishes were a bit safer and they were good but I wasn't like blown away by anything and it was 11 o'clock so we got seated at 9 30 and by 11 o'clock we still hadn't gotten our third entree or a third course I don't really know like what our third plate um and we just had it like we were so tired Um, We were so disappointed by how everything had gone down and um, and and the fact that we hadn't seen our server basically since like 10 o'clock. So a food or not a food runner. I don't know like what the term is when 
it's like this woman she was just doing like silverware and like fresh plates and she came out of nowhere and was like giving us like fresh plates i guess for her third course and zach was like you know what can we just get it to go like we're just we don't want to be here anymore we're tired it's 11 o'clock we just can we get it to go and obviously she went over and like told someone that because no less than like five minutes after that the manager came over and she was like hey like what's going on and so we explained to her the situation and how the drinks took forever and our waiter was like not at all like uh, like cued into our table by any means and long story short we took the third plates to go knowing full well that like we were so fucking stuffed and it was so late at night we were not going to eat them when we got back to the hotel so it was it was a total waste because like you're not going to wake up the next morning and fucking eat like cold entrees from like a fine dining restaurant like that's just not how to play it ever um and it just sucked. I mean, it just like really sucked. And I know Zach was super disappointed because it was very much like his kind of dining experience and he had been looking so forward to it and it gets such rave reviews. And like it wasn't it wasn't anyone's fault except our waiters. Like I will put that on him. It was just he didn't make the experience a good one for us at all and he totally forgot about us or just like ignored us or avoided us i don't know why like we're nice people we we hadn't given him any sort of attitude um so that was a huge letdown and i feel like once that happened like we kind of hit a wall like in the trip like everything had been so amazing every single experience had been so amazing um but we were also like a weekend and that happened and i think both of us kind of started to be like it's time to go home. But we persisted and we got up the next day and we decided to make the most out of our remaining time in Savannah. So we braved the outdoors and walked down to the historic district um, and just walked through all the squares. We walked through all the parks. Um, Zach saw this guy in the park who was offering five-minute deep conversations. And of course, Zach took him up on it. And um, that was a very interesting thing to witness. Um, a little awkward, but um, again, very interesting. This guy was a recent transplant to Savannah. He came from New York. He is like a healer, like a, a meditation guide. Um, he had been studying like how to guide people through the ayahuasca experience. If you haven't heard of that, it's like some really fucking heavy psychedelic trip that people literally pay to go on, but you have to, like a figurative trip, like a trip through your mind. Um, and people like go to, you know, places in Mexico and uh, like lots of other places to do ayahuasca, but like do it, with um, guides who, you know, monitor the whole thing and you're in a group and it's, you know, supposed to be insanely like soul cleansing and helps people who are dealing with PTSD and serious trauma and stuff like that. And um, so, again, this guy was just it was it was a wild 
wild experience listening to him and Zach talk. And um, his name, for anyone who's curious, um, he referred to himself as Mystic the Blue Dragoon. And that's dragon with two O's. Mystic the Blue Dragoon. We ended up having lunch down in the historic district, which was a huge mistake on our part because it's the touristy area. Like, it just so so fucking tour it was it was kind of weird to me like so where we were staying is downtown savannah but then you know you walk whatever way and you're in the historic district which is the tourist district and the difference between the two spaces it was like where we were in downtown it was quiet it was quaint it like there just wasn't a lot of commotion and then we got to this other area and it was it was insane um so we had lunch at i think a place called like vix it was absolutely disgusting it was so bad like just compared to all of the amazing food that we were experiencing throughout this trip it was real bad stuff just like very touristy like here's a caesar salad with old uh romaine lettuce and like overcooked chicken and way too big of croutons and dressing with like not a lot of flavor and it was just I would say it's like the nastiest uh food that we ate throughout the 10 days um and then before we left Savannah we saw that on this very historic old bridge they do that thing that they do in Paris where you like can put a lock with you know whatever you want on it you can lock it on to the bridge I think it's I'm sure it has like some name like the Love Bridge or some something in Paris. I don't know. But basically Savannah copied them and you could buy um, like a heart-shaped lock at this little store right by the bridge. And so we did that and wrote easy on it. And so our love is locked onto this bridge in Savannah for the rest of time or until they decide to tear that bridge down or they decide to just cut all the locks off. I just, I don't want to know about it, but we know exactly where it is. And I know that we will be back to visit. Absolutely fucking love Savannah. We just loved the Southern hospitality that was there mixed with like the coastal vibes mixed with the grunge. Like it, it, it has a grungy affect to it that I just think like really brings it down to earth. Oh, and of course I have to mention that the last thing that we did before we left the city was go to St. John the Baptist uh, Cathedral. And it was absolutely fucking breathtaking. Like, if you do nothing else touristy in Savannah, you have to go to the cathedral. I mean, it, there's not like you don't have to buy a ticket. It's free. You just obviously like if they're having mass and they're in the middle of worship, you can't go in. Um it is just the most stunning thing I've ever seen with my own eyes. Like, truly, we walked in and my mouth dropped, like, just completely. I was just standing there, like, with my mouth agape, if you will. Um, I like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't have like the right sort of intellectual words to explain how it made me feel. It was just pretty magnificent. 
And we are definitely going to Italy for a honeymoon. And Zach was like, if you think that this is impressive, literally fucking wait until we go to Italy. Like, you're not gonna be able to handle it. So I believe him. And it really was the perfect way to exit Savannah, which I was very sad to do. But we got in the car and for our last few days, we went to Charleston. And all I had been told was that Chubby Fish, the restaurant in Charleston, is a must. Like you have to do it. And we timed it out so perfectly that as soon as we pulled into Charleston, it was like 5.05 in the evening. And instead of going to the hotel to check in, we drove straight to Chubby Fish. And I had Zach jump out of the car because I drove us to Charleston, which I think Zach completely regretted, but that's a story for another time. Um, I had him jump out of the car and go put our name on the list. And she was like, okay, yeah, like come back at 7.30. So it was just executed so perfectly. Like I had a few people write me and be like, wow, that is like some local shit that that you just did. Like that is the move. And you would fit in very well here. Um, so we went and checked in to our last hotel of the trip, which was the Ryder Hotel, um, R-Y-D-E-R. And it was honestly, when I was booking our hotel for Charleston, it was the most affordable one I could find. The hotel situation in Charleston, I mean, I guess really like anywhere right now, but maybe not. But they are so fucking expensive. It was insanity. Like the prices that I was looking at when I was trying to find us a place to fucking stay. And the writer was the best. It wasn't the cheap. I mean, it was the cheapest, but like the cheapest in terms of like, it was, you know, fucking a thousand dollars for two nights as opposed to $1,500. Like it, it's just insane. It's insane down there. We checked in and we freshened up and we went straight back to Chubby Fish at 7.30 and got seated. And it was one of the most incredible meals of my life and obviously of this trip. Everything was just so fucking good. And again, it's like as soon as we sat down, it was the same thing as Savannah. It was like everyone is just so friendly and like cool, like not like fake, like, hey, y'all, hey, Texas, like, Southern hospitality, not like that. It was like really cool people who are really friendly and like have something to say and you want to hear what they have to say. And there was this really like alternative couple sitting right next to us and Zach could not stop staring at all their food. And so we started talking to them about like what they ordered, what we should order. They were locals like they it was like their 700th time at Chubby Fish. So they gave us some really good guidance. And then they also told us about like a couple of cool bars and like other places to eat in Charleston. And I was just like writing everything down. And our waitress is really cool. Um, and yeah, everything that we had for that meal, we had like their fucking caviar sandwich that they're known for. Um, incredible. We had this amazing salad like their summer salad but it was like sliced cucumber and like golden beets and shishito peppers and other vegetables and like pieces of mint and this vinaigrette oh my god it was so good I just love shishito peppers so much so anyway 
had an incredible dinner at Chubby Fish. Highly recommend if you are in Charleston. It's definitely worth it to get there at five o'clock and put your name on the list, um, regardless of how long you have to wait. And then we went to a bar after called Royal American to meet one of my Instagram friends, Maggie of Mag's Meals. She is 10 years younger than me, um, just got married. And so I got to meet her husband and the four of us got to sit in a booth and hang out and like, you know, talk about our lives and hear about each other. And it was so awesome to be able to, I just love when I can do that. And Maggie and I have like such a, uh, a rapport on Instagram. Like we talk all the time. We're big supporters of each other. She has referred to me as her cooler older sister. Um, she's just the best, like such a fucking personality, so full of life. And she is the head, um, like ice cream creator of Off Track Ice Cream, which is an amazing ice cream place in Charleston. And her background is not in cooking or anything. Her story of how she got into it is actually really, really cool. Um, So obviously we had to try Off Track while we were there and it was just beyond. It, It was just, oh my God, it was so good. Their cookies and cream is... I'm like my, I'm like salivating thinking about it right now. And they had just rolled out their newest summer flavor, lemon icebox pie. I mean, it's, oh my God, it was so good. So whether you live in Charleston or if you're going to visit, you have to, you have to get some ice cream from off track. And if Maggie is, happens to be there in the back, literally churning your ice cream, definitely be sure to say hi to her, but also just like follow her on Instagram. Again, she's at Mag's Meals and she is like cooking all the time. She creates such delicious looking food. I wish that we'd had enough time uh, to like go and see her place and maybe she would have cooked for us. Who knows? I will say that when we got home that night after our chubby fish meal and some really crazy vodka punch liquid that I was drinking at the bar when I was hanging out with Maggie, I had my second and last horrific bathroom situation on this trip. So I feel like two like stomach attacks on a 10-day trip is really good. Like I think I fared pretty well. I'm very proud of my stomach for holding up and not turning against itself too too much but the two times that it did were pretty horrible and very memorable and um you know it just adds it just adds to the story i guess so then for our last full day of the trip we were so exhausted you guys like it actually kind of like made me sad because i was so looking forward to charleston but it's like by the time we got there we were so fucking tired and ready to come home. Like after, you know, a week and a half of being out of our routines, living out of suitcases, eating a lot of rich, heavy food, it was just, we were just ready. Um, I still fucking loved Charleston so much and I 1000% will be going back. I cannot wait. I just didn't get to explore it as much as I had hoped because we quite literally didn't have the energy to do it. So for our last day, we decided to make it a beach day and go to Folly Beach, which is legitimately like 
10 to 15 minutes outside of Charleston. And we were so happy with the decision. It's like once we were there on the beach, which by the way, great beach, so kid friendly. It was so crowded, which made me feel good. Like this was this was the move. This was the thing to do. Um, once we were out there set up with chairs and an umbrella and everything, we were like, yes, this is what we needed. This is how we needed to end this trip. I'm not going to like get too in my head about how I'm not like, you know, frolicking up and down King Street, going in every single store and having a shopping spree. I can do that anytime. And all I all I'm capable of right now is laying on this chair under this umbrella, listening to the ocean. And I was able to finish my book. And we also um, took a break after being a few being there for a few hours and walked to this amazing, amazing taco place that the guy sitting next to us at Chubby Fish had told us about and told us to go to. The taco place is Chico Feo. And it I mean Oh, it's like all outside the the food was so fucking fresh so delicious the whole vibe was just very like beachy laid back come as you are get like a delicious cold drink get some incredible grub and you know, take a break from the sun and that's exactly what we did the food was phenomenal and then we went back down to our spot on the beach and finished out the day and um you know i originally for our last night of the trip i had booked a reservation at um so i guess zero george is like a very famous fancy restaurant in charleston and they just um had opened a caviar bar concept and Merritt talked about it on one of her podcast episodes from um you know several episodes ago um about her trip to charleston and that her and her assistant liza had done the caviar bar and she had posted pictures and it just looks so amazing and i know that like zach is really into that sort of thing and his 40th birthday is next week. And so I was going to make that our last like big thing of the trip. But literally the both of us just were like, no, like, yes, it sounds absolutely incredible. But the last thing we want to do right now is go eat a bunch of fucking caviar and pay, you know, $300 for each of us to have this experience. Like we are, we've spent so much money we are so caviared out. We are so full of life and, and love. We don't need that. Um, and I was like a little bummed because even though we didn't go to the caviar bar, I still wanted to go to like some premier restaurant in Charleston. But it was much more important that we went to this place called The Wreck that Zach frequented in his childhood when he would like be in Charleston for soccer tournaments because he was like a pretty, pretty big deal on his soccer team and they traveled around and his parents would always take him to the wreck, which is um, basically just this like fried, like super fresh fried seafood joint that is right on the water. Um, and, you know, they have like boiled peanuts and like you can throw your shells on the floor, you know, one of those types of places. And 
although I was, you know, being a brat internally, um, I got through it and it ended up being some of the best fucking seafood that we had the entire trip. And it's what Zach wanted. And what is unconditional love if not eating some more fried fish after you've been eating fried fish for 10 days? And on the last day, not really. I mean, I guess that was our last day. But on the morning of when we were leaving, we got up and we walked King Street and we popped in and out of stores. I bought a few things from Madewell. We saw the sights and sounds and we had brunch at Miller's All Day Cafe, which was like pretty good. Not the most amazing brunch I've ever had, but the venue itself is just so cute. And obviously the fact that um, Zach's last name, Miller, and my future last name, Miller, was a part of the name and they had swag. And so we ended up buying two t-shirts that are two favorite colors, gray and green. I'm still not over it that they are gray and green. Like, what the fuck? Um, that say Miller's all day. And we are going to wear them the Sunday morning after our wedding to say bye to everyone. So fucking cute, I know. And then we went to the airport. We dropped off our rental car and we flew home, guys. We flew home. We got home. We picked up Bowie. We had Tex-Mex because you can take the, the Texans out of Texas, but there's just no substitute for Texas Tex-Mex, let me tell you. I'm serious. Like, we went to Mia's and fucking crushed our favorite dishes there. Like, we hadn't been eating so well for the last week and a half, and we collapsed. Actually, no, we didn't. We actually started hacks, like I was talking about. We started hacks, and we're just relishing in the feeling of being home after being gone for so long. But all in all, it was the most fabulous trip, very like once in a lifetime. We're not going to do something like that again, I'm sure. And so many magical things happened along the way between me getting to meet his family and getting to meet all of these friends of his that I've heard so many stories about that he has such history with and who I will get to hang out with again in October at the wedding. And really more than anything, again, not trying to be corny, but I've never taken a trip like that with anyone. And getting to be away with Zach in all of these different environments was so incredible. And I don't know about him, but I walked away from the trip being even more in love with him than I ever have been up until this point. He's my favorite person in the world. We work together so well. We travel together so well. And it was just such an amazing bonding experience for us. And as someone who just very recently realized that her number one love language, I always, always used to think that it was words of affirmation. And then I realized that it's more physical touch and quality time. But after this trip, I know now for certain that it is quality time. Like that is what I absolutely have to have with someone to feel loved. And then it's physical touch. And then it's maybe words of affirmation. I don't know. But being able to be around Zach for 24 hours a day for 10 days in a row, no distractions, no work, no 
you know, day-to-day responsibilities was just absolutely magical. And really, it it brought me back to when we first met because we met at the beginning of the pandemic and we fell for each other so hard and so fast because we only had each other. Like, we just decided to go all in. There were no distractions. We couldn't see family. We couldn't see friends. There, We didn't go out to restaurants. We didn't go out and do anything. It was literally just me and him, one-on-one, having deep conversations, getting to know each other at this very rapid pace in these very interesting circumstances. And it felt like we got a sliver of that back during this trip. And I'm just so thankful for it. And I'm so thankful for him and that he had the idea to do this trip and everything he provided along the way. And I am just one lucky girl, guys. I'm one lucky fucking girl. Now, I know I said I was going to end today's episode with an advice question, but um, this is an insanely long episode. So I'm just going to hold out. Um, I have a backlog of them and I feel bad because I have you guys write them in and then I don't answer them immediately. But just know that I've seen all of them. They're all sitting in my email and I am going to start going through them. This was just a super mega episode because there was a lot to cover from being gone for so long. And I really wanted to give you guys as much detail as possible in case you're going to visit any of these places and you want to jot any notes down. So thank you so much for listening. It it was very fun to share. I hope it was fun for you. If you want to support the podcast, be sure to rate me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts take a second to leave even just like a one sentence review on Apple Podcasts. You can also request to be a part of the private Facebook group on uh, Facebook, obviously, the That's What He Said podcast group. Um, Still not really sure what I'm doing with that, but there will be things. So if you want to be included, send me a request and I will approve you. And other than that, I will see you guys on the internet. And I will talk at you again next week. And you won't want to miss next week because Zach is finally getting in the closet with me to sit down and reflect on turning 40. And it's going to be a hell of an episode. Thank you, guys. Love you. Talk soon. Mm-hmm.